0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. You know, you know, someone once said that Thomas Jefferson was a gentleman of 32 who could calculate an eclipse, survey an estate, tie an artery, plan an edifice, try a cause, break a horse, and dance the minuet. However, I think this is the most extraordinary collection of talent and human knowledge that has ever gathered here together at the White House, with the possible exception of when Thomas Jefferson died alone. Name the person who said that. You're right. It's John F. Kennedy. Huh. And it was at the White House. I was going to say
1: Thomas Jefferson, but I I knew that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it, sense. Yeah. it
0: was at the White House while entertaining uh, all the uh, Nobel Prize uh, nominees from uh, the Western
1: Hemisphere. You know how I knew uh, I would have gotten it if you started it with Urrah? Uh,
0: ah. Uh, ah.
1: Yeah. Ah. Uh. Yeah, before the podcast, uh, Richard was talking about a recent trip to
2: uh, Philadelphia. Oh. um. Wait, you guys were hanging out without me? No, no, or I was just, just out there me. with uh, with uh, Tom Hanks and uh, what, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. What the fuck, really? And uh, the movie, the actor, Philadelphia, and Philadelphia composer. composer. I got okay. I had, some, I had some freedom over there, Jeff. Well, you got, okay. you, got ex- you got
1: exposed right? to a lot of uh, accentury. Yes. a lot of East Coast. Accentury. Oh, well, that's
2: true. Yeah, I did yeah. realize that if you do a ba- take a bad New York accent, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you combine that with a bad Boston accent, uh-huh. you get a passable philadelphia accent, all right. okay which is good because i do very bad new york and boston <laughs> accents so i think i'm well on my way perfect well okay uh linguist and uh other
0: things is now what you could hyphenate your name with all right? Think, yeah, yeah, yeah your know. title so uh uh or or linguistic impressionist or something like that but cunning, uh, cunning linguist cunning linguist da, 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 yay yay that's the hackiest. Yeah, thing. That's God, really I, love I love it. I love it so much. Uh, well, the subject you may have guessed, but you probably weren't even listening, um, is the <laughs> Mount Rushmore of hyphenates. So people who have more than one kind of professional
2: acknowledgement to their credit. And not what Michael thought this was, which was people with hyphens with, in their names.
1: Well, but to be fair, you <laughs> thought it could have been just like model slash actor.
2: Well, that would be it. That's what I was thinking, actually. Yeah.
1: No, No, but I mean like,
2: but I'm mean, no, But only but only model,
1: talk actor. but like the choice would have been model slash
2: actor and no, then no, go I into a thing. No, I meant like per people who were that. Okay. You're an idiot, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Okay, so we now know that the subject uh, going on my
1: brain. Podcaster hyphen
0: idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard is Wow, how can you do both so well? Um <laughs> So this this is the thing that I was thinking, and uh
1: you know i have my Borglum bag choice ready. I love that. I love that uh, you're jumping out with it. Like you're going to yeah. hit us over the head with it as if we've already failed.
2: That's right. <laughs> you're just like ready with it. Oh, no, I'm just telling the you. The bag is like half open. You're I was like talk- <laughs> Swinging it
0: around. I was talking to the listener, not to you guys. Oh. Don't worry, guys. I got you.
2: I got you. Will there be any other, any guests that may be appearing from out beyond?
0: I don't know. You know, I, I would like to make it known that anyone who's a participant in the Mount Rushmore podcast may appear from the past As the uh, wraith-like apparition of a dead president. Ooh. So exciting. (laughs) um, I already did, if I would have talked like this, uh, then I would have been. Is
2: he doing his Philly accent?
0: (laughs) My God, that's dead on. (laughs) That's Ethel Merman's speaking voice. (laughs) So, uh,
1: why don't Michael start? Okay. My first choice, Leonardo da Vinci. Renaissance man. Inventor. Hyphen painter, hyphen teenager, hyphen mutant, Wait. hyphen ninja, hyphen turtle. <laughs> what is this guy?
2: That's a lot of hyphens, I gotta admit. Lordy uh, Lord.
1: You know, uh, you could see evidence of mutantism in his work. Oh when of you course. look
2: at the Virtuvian man. Yeah.
1: That guy's got four arms got four and four arms. legs. He's like way better than the know eye. what he was doing.
2: How many how many how many schlongs did he have though? Just the one. <laughs> Uh the last supper it was like 12 people there.
1: <laughs> when uh when you kind of clarified this topic for us. Mm-hmm. This is the first thing I thought of. I thought yeah. of the person that was the original um,
2: Renaissance man. The guy that was in, the
1: guy that could do anything that was into anything yes. is known for being like a brilliant mind. Yes. And that brilliant mind often isn't able to be able to be contained within one medium. Mm-hmm. He's, he wasn't just a great painter and did the Mona Lisa, which eh, kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he invented ridiculous corkscrew helicopter machines yes. that never actually flew. Yes. I mean, that's an, that's an impressive feat to invent something that doesn't, that work. doesn't actually work. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a kid's drawing. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I'm, my, my son is eight months old. I'm sure he could draw something that could never be created. Yeah. So, go to hell, Leonardo Da Vinci, and rot there forever.
2: Michael, you didn't even mention his code oh that's That's, right that's something he did he made a code code maker yeah i haven't gotten there yet
1: oh fuck but um i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah um, on my notes author of the da vinci code which is a how-to guide to pick up chicks so (laughs) we're gonna get there perfect we had some jokes down at the very bottom math
0: anatomy geology astronomy botany writing history um video game development yeah yeah Web programmer. Yeah, he
2: actually <laughs> developed the first version of an adventure for yeah, Atari. I that's believe. right,
1: Dig Dug. I think he did Dig Dug.
2: Um, this is actually called Dig Dug Da Vinci. Yeah. Dig Dug Da Vinci.
1: It must have been interesting to be like, oh, he's such a Renaissance man, and then you know that's something that gets tacked on hundreds of years later. Yeah. Back then, he was just like the man. I got. I just got to do stuff. I yeah. gotta. I, I'm. I'm so pent up. I gotta yeah. paint, and I gotta invent and i gotta take have was these a,
2: studies of things and like I, oh my god i gotta do all this stuff what was the renaissance era version of cocaine <laughs> yeah because whatever that was it man, was it was like a lot of that mm, going on it was in
1: the paint it was like whatever was in like cadmium like whatever uh, is like it's just there and you like it was just on your hands and you just sniffed it and you're just like yeah he would get he, so he would start get
2: going and he'd mm-hmm. sniff some cadmium and <laughs> get those like the cadmium teeth going and yeah start yeah, grinding yeah. And his eyes <laughs>
0: One aspect that I was going to add in my introduction with the JFK quote was no Da Vinci's, was, was the eras emerge in which one may be a multifaceted individual. And then there seem to be eras in which a specialism fa- is favored over generalism. Mm. And I think if Da Vinci was alive, perhaps he was alive during times when guilds might have. Uh, I don't think there's probably a guild for inventing, but like there might have been times when opportunity was rife to invent all these things that were needed in the world or uh, to uh, create and map out things such as anatomy, which Da Vinci investigated through his biological uh, human anatomy investigations. And then somebody like Thomas Jefferson, who left, who wasn't in Europe, didn't, wasn't born in Europe but was in this new world in which somebody, all the things hadn't been named yet, all the things hadn't been labeled yet. Everything had, you had an opportunity, and you, you were forced
1: to be resilient. I'm glad they didn't send the dumb guy to name things. The idiot. Because <laughs> like, that's what this world was. Like the, the 1500s were, and the 1600s were a world of like a few brilliant minds, yeah. and just the dumbass guy who was pulling beats out of the ground. Yeah. And that's all he did all day. He just pulled that's beats. Funny. And he was what? just like the dumbass beat puller That's guy. a dog. That thing that you ride, oh, that's a tall dog. That thing that gives milk, that's a milk
0: dog. <laughs> the thing with a long neck, long neck dog. What about giraffe?
2: No! Why is he doing it? He's doing Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> is that what that was? Tickle. Get Get, it get done. her Get her Get her named. Get her named. Yeah, I think they sent all the dumb guys, but with all the shit that they wrote down, <laughs>
0: didn't stand <to> <laughs> yeah, the test.
2: Yeah, Da Vinci was there, like, nope, not not calling it that. Nope, we're not calling it that. That one's not bad. Uh, so yeah, I do I do think there were
0: these eras uh, that embraced the multifaceted individual who was able to kind of seek out and and go from one thing to another. And I, I wanted to say that that's part of the American. Um, th- there's another person that we, that I mentioned and JFK mentioned in that original thing, uh, Benjamin Franklin who did come from Europe and did work in guilds and did belong to a printing guild and was stuck in this place where you had to do this one job because your parents did that job and came to America where he could just be fucking about anything he wanted <laughs> he could be, he even invented the American spirit that way, not the cigarette <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: he might have. You he don't might know. have. Who knows? He probably. Got, he could have done Check the facts on that. Yeah, one. yeah.
0: All right, uh, Richard Man, Manfredini.
2: Are we still going back to that thing? Yeah, pretty okay. good. Let's um, call back to last week's episode. So my first choice uh, is Hetty Lamar. Oh, awesome! Not Hedley. Not Lamar, Hedley from Blazing from, Saddles. From Blazing Saddles. She, I've she, got the book of Hedy Lamar just waiting to read her and oh, they, story about her. Yeah. And they have a uh, actually a documentary that is going to be released in theaters within the next few weeks. Oh, is that right? And then it'll, it'll be on PBS later this year.: Oh, I'll watch that then I read the book. That's, that's what I'm at. That's what okay. I'm saying you should do. Okay. So Hedy Lamar was um, one of the, I guess, most famous actresses of the '30s and through the '50s, probably. A beautiful, maybe not the best actress, but someone who is renowned the world over for her beauty, for her charm, for her grace. Um, if 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 you're a modern film view- viewer, you might know her. Probably the most famous movie she was in was Samson and Delilah, the uh, '50s version mm-hmm. with Victor Mature, uh, where she she played Samson, which is a really odd <laughs> pa- casting choice, I thought. <laughs> but no, She played Delilah, but beyond being this sort of like ingenue film actress, she also had the second life as an inventor, and she invented. She started out as a kid, and she just would. Be the type of kid who would take things apart and figure out how they worked and put them back together, and she would come up with these just weird, oddball inventions like a like in this thing that would be like an accordion type thing that would go on the Kleenex, so that way it didn't matter. Uh, you could put if you had the used tissues, you could just store it in there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or a glow in the dark dark dog collar. Oh, Let's stuff like that. That's yeah. on my
1: list of things to get. Like my amazon shopping list oh we need a glow in the dark dog collar of course for yeah, our talks. yeah. literally, literally we're really like we're like waiting to get that so well, really? thank Hedy Lamar for Lamar
2: that. Lamar brand yes glow in the dark dog collar exactly uh but probably the thing that she was most known for inventing was essentially bluetooth yeah um during world war 2 being a uh jew from austria originally she was definitely down to try and take down the Nazis. yeah. And one of the issues that they had was that torpedoes were being jammed uh, by the Germans. They were jamming the signals, so they weren't effective. And she sat down with a uh, leading uh, modernist music composer that she met at a uh, party one at one time. And they figured out that if you could essentially, I'm trying to explain this, and I'm kind of an idiot about science stuff, but if you could essentially have the torpedo and the guidance system almost have, the way they described it, would be piano player music. You know, it's got the holes cut out mm-hmm. and everything. Player piano music. Yeah, if you had that, on one on each side, no matter what frequency they were at, as long as they knew what to look for,
3: mm-hmm.
2: they could kind of be able to read each other's uh-huh. frequencies. Yeah. It's called a, a smart frequency yeah, skipping. Yeah, it's kind of frequency skipping, trying to find that the one
0: radio receiver is entrepreneurial looking for the mess- this, this one message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: called Frequency, frequency Hopping Spread Spectrum. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the idea being that if the Germans didn't know what this random series of beeps and codes were that were going out, there'd be no way for them to actually lock into it. Yeah. Now, originally during World War II, the Army, or I guess it was the Navy, decided they couldn't use that because When they explained it to them, they explained it to them like a a role of uh, player piano music. Mm -hmm. The Navy got in their head that they actually meant player piano music, like sheet music. Uh. Like they couldn't get them to understand this idea of, no, that was just an example that we gave you just to get you to understand the concept. <laughs> yeah. They just got locked in this idea of, well, you can't put player piano music on a torpedo. That'd be too big. And uh, it would get wet. wet, and then you'd turn <laughs> yeah. it colorized. And, and then, then it would yeah. turn into the Led <laughs> Zeppelin album cover, <laughs> mm-hmm. call back to last week's episode. Um, but it did eventually wind up being used. It was used in 1962, and they started using it in military ships during the Cuban blockade. And she was eventually... Uh, this sort of technology wound up... Um, more or less being used in CDMA cell phone networks, they use a lot of that same technology. Bluetooth uses that same yeah. sort of technology. So there's a very good chance you wouldn't have Bluetooth if it wasn't for Hedy Lamar. Wow. She, she was one of the, uh, well, I was going to say she dated Howard Hughes in the 40s, but literally every Hollywood actress in the dated, 40s yeah. dated Howard Hughes. Yeah. But he actually basically said to her, look, I've got my team of engineers and scientists working on whatever crap he was working on. You let them know if there's anything you want them to build, you just let them know. Mm-hmm. Because she actually helped to design the Spruce Goose or some of her, wow. some of his planes. He, she looked at the design and he had like square wings. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, that doesn't seem like that makes sense. Went out, got some books on birds and fish yeah, and looked at the way that their bodies and their wings and fins and everything mm-hmm. worked and redesigned the airplane based on that. And he just looked at it and said, well, you're a genius. Oh,
0: wow. that's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting story. She wound up uh, coming to the United coming to the United States because she had been married to a munitions uh, seller, like a, a a war profiteer in Austria, and he was incredibly jealous and literally would not let her leave the house mm. when when she, when he wasn't around, and he, she literally had to go on this like, in, depending on which story you believe. She either escaped with her maid or she possibly knocked out the maid and took the maid's clothes and then escaped. Wow. Some sort of like real crazy great escape sort of mm-hmm, plan mm-hmm. to be able to get to the United States in the first place. Um, was in the, is now in the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Um, and somebody who just didn't get her just due because. Look, she was an incredibly gorgeous female actress. Who's going to believe? Right, right. That, well, or I'm, or just a, a woman, female. I mean, a woman, yeah. yeah, female in general. But you know, it just on top of that. I mean, this would be like Angelina Jolie coming up with some sort of like a new invention for like medical, you know, you know, me- medical implants or her, something like that. Her three sided Q tip that
0: she had <laughs> did not work so well.
2: Not so nice.
0: Brad, come look at this. Okay, so
1: uh, awesome, cool, cool. First uh, pick, yeah, great um, choice, Richard. Michael, what do you got? Uh, my second choice is Nick Offerman, who is a comedian. He's a writer. He's an actor, and also highly skilled woodworker. Oh, cool. Um, I think this is a choice on here because sometimes your calling isn't what necessarily makes you money. Yeah, it was isn't the thing that kind of. Yeah. The things, sometimes the things that you do for work aren't the things that drive you. Yeah. And it isn't until you can kind of get to that point where you're like, oh, I don't really have to do, I don't have to do comedy. I don't have to be Mm -hmm. a writer. I just want to work on wood and be a skilled artist in that way. That, uh, I think this is this, it feels like this is this guy's life. Mm -hmm. Like I've uh, heard like a lot of interviews with him where he just, all he wants to talk about his canoes. His canoes. Yeah. And creating, he, he wrote a book uh, a few years ago, which, you know, a comedy book, like a, and like a it's kind of, not self-help guide. He he wrote a couple of books. One was, maybe it was that one, I'm thinking of, called Paddle Your Own Canoe. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, kind of how to be a man, but yeah. like a, a lot of it was put
2: into terms of, you know, his own. Woodworking. Mm-hmm, his his woodworking. yeah Sounds like a bit of a douche canoe, if you ask me, but. I don't know. That. Do you, he do, do you, he, he do, doesn't really. I just wanted to make that shot. Sorry.
0: Let it be known on this podcast that we said douche canoe at least two years into its relevance. You can knock that one right off the yeah. list. Okay, next up yeah.
2: for a little that's what she said action. Um, a few years. What were you going to say, Jeff? Do
0: you feel that that supports somewhat his character
1: of uh, Ron Swanson. Uh, Swanson on it's hard. To, Rec? It's hard to say. I think that they're you know, sometimes it's hard to or that, cut one character from the real life person or how much one informs yeah. the other.
0: Or Ron was written for,
1: for, um,
0: yeah, Nick.
1: he, he probably, I yeah. mean, he was a part of like the Chicago improv scene with Amy Poehler. Yeah. So she probably knew of his, mm-hmm. yeah, the way that he was yeah. before.
0: Here's this guy who, who, when we all go off to see a movie, he goes off and does woodworking. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he, you know, he's put out a DVD, like an instructional DVD on how to how to make a canoe, and he's just a very interesting. Seems very
2: both bombastic and down to
1: earth yeah. yeah. at the same time. Somehow he straddles
2: both of those. He he, he 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 he. When you see him outside of like his acting roles, he looks a bit like the brawny man. Yeah, <laughs> the mustache yeah. and the the plaid shirt, and he you see him out there, and he's just sort of like. His best life is just being out there in a, in a cabin somewhere. It's kind of making, like the, uh, make, making some like some wood stuff.
1: What was the um, God? I can't remember his name, obviously, because I'm using the word uh, a lot. But the character of Al Borland on uh, Home Improvement. Okay, he was like the the Tim
2: Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Yeah. What was it? What was a
1: Tim Allen? Tim, Tim Allen. Allen mm-hmm. thing. He was like Tim Allen's like
2: right hand man. Yeah. But he was the guy. I mean, family feuds. of Richard Carn. Is that who it is? Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I couldn't remember his name. There
2: you go. So now you know it.
1: But like, he seemed like a character that, like, outside of, like, in his real life, was also into yeah. that sort of thing, or a, yeah. Bill,
2: a bit of a Billy Mays aspect. If you took, if you took Nick Offerman and Billy Mays, you would have got the guy from uh, Home Improvement. There you go. Billy Mays, the pitchman. Yes. Because he, he kind of looked like... The, oh, the guy uh, from, his appearance. Oh, yeah, okay. a little okay. bit of the appearance, but then you got like a little woodsyness, mm-hmm. woodsy flavor yeah. of uh, Nick Offerman. Interesting. All right. So, uh, uh, Richardo. Okay. So, my second choice is Steve Martin. Never heard of him. Yeah. I mean, pretty pretty uh, obscure Is his name person. Steve or Martin? I am writing this down. Uh, it is Martin Steve Martin. Martin, Martin Steve Martin. Okay. Yeah, there you okay, go. okay. 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 Um, so, comedy writer. Stand-up comedian, yeah. actor, uh, novelist, uh, playwright, musical theater composer, musician, and art collector. Art collector. Yeah. Um, so I think he can juggle, too. Oh, he can juggle. juggle. Do a little bit of magic on the yeah. side if he mm-hmm. needs to. Tap dancer.
0: I'm Panties. not sure
2: about that. You're thinking of Gregory Hines. You uh, always pen- think of Gregory I'm Hines. I'm always thinking
0: it. In Pennies from Heaven, Steve Martin comes off convincingly as a, as a, a accomplished tap dancer. Yeah,
2: yeah There's really nothing the man I, I'm... Fairly convinced can't do. I have a list of his of his awards and nom- mm-hmm. nominations. Uh, Honor—he won an honorary Academy Award. He's he's he's, he's a three fourth three fourths of the way to an EGOT. Okay, needs the Tony. He was nominated twice uh, last year for is his Is an
1: honorary Tony. <laughs> no,
2: it's a real Tony. <laughs> By the way, honor, just... honorary Tony is one of the worst mob names ever. <laughs> we got Big Louie, We got Aunt honorary Tony. <laughs> Um, For Bright Star, which is a musical that he did with Edie Brickell, Uh um, who he's done a lot of music stuff with, Um, he's won, let's see, six different Grammy Awards, or five Grammy Awards, Um, and that includes three for music and two for comedy. Uh, He's won, nominated twice for a Teen Choice Award, but he's never won that. I don't know if he wins a Teen Choice Award. Honorary Teen Choice Award. If he wins a Teen Choice Award, does that count as a (laughs) T? Are we going to allow that? (laughs) <laughs> um the mark twain prize for american humor the a disney legend award yeah which have you won that yet jeff
0: uh i am up for it in one year because you have to be a certain it has to be a certain age
2: oh is it no
1: i think is this is like the mount rushmore of like <laughs> of like strange uh, award shows like the, is, is he a nickelodeon award show winner let me check
2: uh teen shows. How, is did he excited? get a vma he yeah, he definitely got some, he definitely got some uh, MTV Movie Award nominations. He did win the AVN Award for Best Oral Scene
0: Female. <laughs> right. See, the, there is literally nothing the man can't <laughs> nothing do. Nothing
2: the man can't.
0: No one the man can't do. Um, Unlike your previous choice of Hedy Lamarr, these all seem to be, other than art critic, in the nature of performance.
2: Yeah, in terms of of, of performance, he is somebody who I think has a level of performance to him that ranges from...
0: Versatility,
2: yeah. Ranges from his early stand-up work, which was essentially deconstructing the idea of stand-up. Yeah. And as part of that included being a sort of intentionally hokey banjo song and dance kind of man. To the point where where we are now, where he is a legitimately accomplished and Grammy Award-winning bluegrass musician. Yeah, I mean, he's been able to take his versatility and transform himself as he's gotten older and go through, and gone through his career. Yeah, even though I, I did stumble upon a clip of his, and I think I'll, I'll try. We'll post this on the uh, social media of uh, his first job was actually as a writer for Glenn Campbell's uh, Good Time Good Time, hour, good time right? hour. Yeah, and there's one segment of. Uh, Glenn Campbell playing Cripple Creek on a banjo with a mm-hmm. bunch of the, well, a bunch of the boys from the show. Yeah. And it's like, it's Glenn Campbell, it's Mason Williams. From yeah. Classical ga- yeah. Classical gas yeah. fame. Uh, John Hartford, who wrote Gentle on My Mind. Wow. And also uh, Steve Martin. It's like it's from 1969. So wow. it's probably his first TV appearance. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to look at that and know that even before he really had a a persona as a comedian. Yeah. This, you know, Banjo playing was very important to him. Mm -hmm. And then when he started to get this career as a stand up comedian and a writer, he sort of took that and twisted it and used that as part of this like deconstruction of. Yeah. You almost feel like it's a deconstruction of himself Mm -hmm. as much as a deconstruction of, of stand up comedy. I think Christopher Guest and
0: team did something similar with their Spinal Tap characters. Right. In that they were part of a youth movement that supported folk music and learned the instruments that you learn to play folk music and to be part of that scene. And then later on, satirized folk musicians in The Mighty Wind or rock musicians in in, in Spinal Tap.
2: And he's been able to use that. I mentioned the art collecting. He's started collecting basically since since when he first got into entertainment. And he's hosted exhibitions. Um, He sold a Hopper painting. Not Mr. Hopper from uh, that's Mr. Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> Different. Uh, he sold a a Hopper painting at Sotheby's for twenty five million dollars. Um, he's curated other shows. Yeah, and I, I I mainly remembered this originally because he did a bit where he was on Letterman one time, and they were going to do like they came back from commercial commercial and Letterman's talking about. I know you're you know big art collector, yeah. and you've actually been nice enough to bring some of your pieces out, and they you know have them out on the stage, and they you know about five minutes of just talking about it. Inevitably to the point where he accidentally like knocks off this, like million dollar like piece, yeah, like it was such a bad like obvious setup, but it mm-hmm. worked because he's so brilliant mm-hmm. um and yeah, I think it's it's an example of someone who is able to take their versatile their 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 natural curiosity he yeah. strikes me as a very naturally curious person, yeah, and use that to become. To try different things. I saw his... He just happens to be
0: really good at all of them. That's what I was going to say is, uh, use his natural curiosity versus celebrity. Because I bet Jared Leto has an art collection.
2: He probably does. (laughs) He's got
0: a band. I bet he's got a restaurant.
2: (laughs) So you're saying he's like the the Gen X, like Steve Martin? (laughs) Well, I bet... Oh, boy. That actually makes some really awful logical sense. Steve Martin does
0: these things well. But sometimes celebrity right. buys you into the opportunity to do things, whether...
2: Well, it did to some extent. Look, he, he got to play with, uh, with uh, great brass uh, musicians, musicians yeah. like Earl Scruggs originally. Mm-hmm. I'm sure not just because he was a good banjo player, but because he was Steve Martin. Yeah, But, you know, if you ever go see him, I haven't seen him yet. I would like to. I know when you go see him do a music thing, He'll, you know, have some very funny, obviously, banter between songs, but it is not like you're going to see a Steve Martin comedy show and there happens to be banjo music you're going to see. Yeah. Like, he he has to be able to be really good to be able to justify what he does. Mm -hmm.
1: I can't believe you mentioned all of these accomplishments and not his 15 appearances on SNL as a host.
2: I mean. Come on, um, on, Richard. He was also also a renowned wine waiter. In Connoisseur, <laughs> as we learned from the movie, I would the like movie. to sniff in a bottle. <laughs> it's Idaho's finest.
0: <laughs> um, so that was a cool. That's a cool choice, and I do appreciate um, the the tie-in in, in a way. Some of these things that people do after their celebrity are things that they were doing before their celebrity, and um, so that was a neat neat observation. So. I believe that brings us to the halftime. And this is the time when we implore you to download, rate, and review the uh, various uh, podcasts that we've done in the past at the various places you can do that. But most specifically, go to Apple iTunes and download, rate, and review uh, past episodes. We would love to see if you gave them one star, two star, maybe five stars on all of them. And then leave a comment about uh, how you feel
2: about all these things. So, hey, look, guys, you can, if you want to give 6, 7, even even 10 stars, we can find a way to make this work. Yeah. Just I, let us know.
0: Yeah, I got uh, Tim Cook from Apple on the speed dial. Oh, yeah. So, so I could probably ask him uh, if he could change the voting or something like that. He might do that for me. Uh, you can also go to Audible. Um, Audible is offering a free trial for you, the Mount Rushmore podcast listener. That's right. Just for you. Uh, they are offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day free trial. To give you the opportunity to check out their service, you could download and listen to Born Standing Up, A Comics Life by Steve Martin, read by Steve Martin on Audible. And Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone. <laughs> One over one hundred eighty thousand tiles to choose from, for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.
1: I hope that uh, that Steve Martin is like it's like a banjo version. I <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. there's just a banjo version of just like he's like he's like playing it with like a banjo but like with a vox. <laughs> like who's that? Who's the oh, guy yeah. that used to sing? Yeah. To, yeah. Like Peter Frampton. Peter Frampton. Do you feel? Vocorder. Like a, yeah, the vocoder <laughs> through the banjo, doing his uh, uh, maybe Shop Girl. I
0: started comedy for a long time ago. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Again, I repeat, repeat, well, Audible trialable.
2: I hosted SNL. <laughs> 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 Happy now, Michael. Richard, oh, as
0: Steve Martin, as Peter Frampton, do you feel like I do? And it was in a
2: Philadelphia
1: too.
0: accent. <laughs> it was it's amazing. amazing. It's really
2: really, really getting the stuff down, guys, after 100 episodes. That
0: is amazing. You know what occurred to me, so we're back, and you know what occurred to me is that Richard... Um, Adam Sandler can sing opera As well as do comedy
2: <laughs> He can also uh,
0: act <laughs> I don't know if he can do those things It's really fashionable to make fun of him And he's really a good guy Okay we is back And it's time for the second half The back half of the Mount Rushmore podcast And oh my god <sighs>
4: Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. Peter,
2: Peter Frampton?
4: Really? No, no. A Peter is also a nickname for a man's what? His Reagan penis. Wait, His no. penis. What's another term is dick? That's me.
1: Tricky Dick Nixon. Tricky everybody. Dick Nixon.
4: Oh, 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 Mr. Oh, Mr. Oh. Mr. President. Oh, that's right.
1: It's, it's like it's it's like if Batman, if the 1966 <laughs> Batman was combined with a gorilla.
4: A breathy cut. Kind of <laughs> Adam Westy, sounding out of breath, the gorilla, oh, 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 oh. Garrison, Kaler.
2: So, uh, so, so, what, what, what brings you round these parts? I Mr. just President. want to
4: make sure that their microphones are working because I, I have microphones <laughs>
1: myself. <laughs> And and don't uh, admit to it. Yeah, I, not. not, <laughs>
2: well, not yet. No, it's oh, fine. everyone knows. No, no, it's fine. Nobody listens everyone to the show knows. anyway. It's not like it's going to get out.
4: That's right. And I also wanted to make sure there was nothing underhanded done in terms of shifty practices. Now I've turned to just Jesse to <laughs> <practices>. <laughs> the buddy practices. Now you're starting to get to macho man. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and any choices were above the board and completely legit.
2: Oh, oh. So, I we're good so far. Everything's okay. been so A+. So far
4: everything's
2: good. Before you before you go any 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 words of advice to our current president, sir. Oh,
4: of course. <laughs> I've got very
0: good words of
4: advice. Oh,
2: I've been pulled back. Oh no, too late.
0: bros. what's up? I was just in the bathroom. And I had to come back now. And are yeah, you guys still recording? The,
1: yeah, we're going to do the second half of the show. Second half yeah. of the show.
0: Okay. Um, so, all right. So, so far, all of these things have fully um, uh, been supported by the topic.
1: And what's your second, uh, third choice? Uh, my third choice is the master of hyphenates, someone who is a space cowboy, a Wait, gangster of love. I guess we didn't say how many hyphenates you need to be. I just said That's one multi- hyphenate. Multi.
2: Multi-hyphenate means somebody who is more than one thing. I okay.
0: Think. So Steve Martin was multiple hyphenates. I wonder if there's anybody who can top that.
2: I don't know. I think that was a lot of hyphenates.
0: Sorry, Michael, would you start again? Yeah, yeah go ahead. I don't know where we are. Oh, oh. Just please describe uh, the, the, the identities. Who is, who is the person that you're... Roles? That you're yeah. How many hyphenates?
1: Oh yeah. oh, yeah. It's one, two, three,
0: four. Like 11. No freaking way.
2: It's not a
1: real person. Seven. can't be. One. Mm -hmm. space cowboy whoa two gangster of love okay it's clint eastwood (laughs) picker grinner a lover sinner oh Oh, what some people might know him by the name maurice
2: oh why (laughs) what
1: because he's a joker smoker and a midnight toker it is the awful song from 1973
2: (laughs) no the joker Jeff by the Steve Miller man. I'm going to trust you to do the right thing here. I don't even need to like raise. This is like when 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 uh a defense attorney just objection. Yeah. And just sort of like points even, at the guy. Even
1: I would like to join in on that objection.
2: <laughs> I'm like the other guy I'm like,
1: yeah, I don't know, judge. Uh, I just swinging for the fences. Uh,
0: I love how unorthodox this is. Uh, and this, yeah, for
1: the the record, I approached the um bench before uh the trial got underway and I cleared it, yeah. And he said, I'll allow it, I will, I will allow it. But he gave me one of those, you're on thin ice, you better, you better get to the point real quick. Uh, Richard, I don't have a point,
2: (laughs) I believe I just thought
4: this would be a fun, stupid pick.
2: uh, uh, Irrelevance, Your Honor, (laughs) he's leading the witness. (laughs) I don't know, something, uh, jurisprudence is that a thing you can ask for? I don't know, uh, so. If if our the boss
0: of rock and roll is now on Broadway playing Broadway performer with his songs or stories or whatever thing he's now acting I think he sets precedence for the incredible uh, multitude of identities that are within the Joker as portrayed by.
1: I think that's kind of, kind of what I had mm-hmm. in mind. I, like, I, I like the idea of a song that was about someone who had a, you know, kind of different aspects of yeah. of their personality as like, this is the person I am. I am not just one thing. I am all these different things. And it's all, it's ridiculous. Like I feel like this like was space, the space cowboy and gangster of love. That was stuff that was like stolen from another song of his. Yeah. Like so, okay. I'm my other songs, or I'm these characters in my other songs, and then like reading interviews with him, like you know, he was just like high on like the hood of his car, and he was like, "I'm a Joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker," and like, I guess so,
0: clown. I feel like this was draft one of True Detective season one. (laughs) I I can, okay, we've got to find the Yellow King. He's a Joker. He's Mm -hmm. a toker. all right, all right, (laughs) we got to get this guy.
1: What's a
2: a pompadous of love? What is Uh, that? I did a little
1: research, and I guess that he kind of screwed up some lyrics from another song, or he heard a term. The original term uh, was from the song The Letter by the Medallions, and it is pronounced uh, doodly-doodly-doo, puppetous, which is, it means a paper doll of erotic like a paper doll erotic fantasy figure And you thought, oh, I can be one of those He's one
2: of those When I when you see Steve Miller There's nothing I think of more than erotic
1: Yeah And then he misheard it And wrote down the word um, Pompatous Which is an actual word Which is weird That yeah. you can actually That you mishear something Write down the wrong word And still somehow get it right But it's just a um, It's Latin for Done with pomp or splendor oh, okay Which is kind of related but yeah you're just an idiot (laughs) wrote down the wrong word you know that's where you are now yeah Uh, i don't like this song Uh, i we've talked about this in other episodes i think i Uh, i don't have like there is like a decade of like classic rock that i just don't give mm -hmm. a shit about and this is just right up in there of like okay next let's just skip to 1978 please Mm -hmm. with music
0: i i feel like the the Music is situational. There is dance music that, if you listen to it off the dance floor, you might not really kind of enjoy it to its fullest. Yeah. This is, I'm drunk as shit, high
2: by the pool or on a tr- in a truck or something like that. Or, My uh, freshman year college roommate was a huge Steve Miller fan. Yeah. And as soon as he said that, I kind of looked at him like, okay, huh. Yeah. I think I'll be spending a lot of time outside of the dorm yeah. that year. I moved out by the middle of the year, although I had nothing really to do with Steve Miller or him specifically, Uh uh but I was pretty happy not to hear any more Steve Miller for a while after that. Yeah. Or really any time. One of my favorite aspects of
0: these lyrics are what he's not, because towards the end, right before the last verse, he says, I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker. And if you had thought of him as perhaps a malevolent entity up until this point, he says, I sure don't want to hurt no one. So at that point, you go, oh, thank God. Because this person who is so multifaceted <laughs> and has the power of so many different <laughs> men, who could probably summon armies of
2: himself to come up against us. Well, we're criticizing these lyrics. Keep in mind, this is the man who wrote the uh, lyrical um, couplet of taxes and faxes. Oh, yeah. And take the money and run. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the worst goddamn rhyme in the history of music. I mean it, yeah. it. It makes it makes me angry whenever that song comes on the radio because I know that. Yeah. And then that that that. No, no good. Bad, I'm, bad, bad, bad. Steve Miller. No, else you are you're a joker, a smoker, and a terrible songwriter. This, yeah. so,
1: this song is only popular because of like the. Yeah. yeah. Pl- like that's it. Like. He was high and thought that would be fun to put in there. And everyone loves it because of that. And then that. there's the Simpsons episode. Yeah, of Homer. Homer, yeah. Yeah, talk about idiots loving crappy music.
2: There you go. Okay. All right. So um, I feel like you've made your piece. You uh, said
1: your piece. Yeah, I, I got a lot off my chest.
2: Now he's got me all riled up and angry about Steve Miller Band.
0: I do respect Steve Miller for predicting the complicated nature of the airline industry, as it would. Change in the future and the big old jet airliners, yeah. yeah,
2: and such, yeah. Okay, so top that, Richard. <laughs> I don't know; it's going to be difficult. Hold on, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, sh- literally. I'm shaken. I'm really shaken by this.
1: <laughs> literally, look up
2: anything on Google, and it will top this. <laughs> oh boy, Magic Johnson. Ooh. That's my next. Choice. Oh, cool. Uh, athlete. Entre, entrepreneur. He was an athlete. Yeah, entrepreneur, talk show host. We're question thinking mark.
1: Kind of a different what Magic did use Johnson talk shows?
2: <laughs> talk shows. And uh, an activist. So we know Magic Johnson, of course, obviously world multiple world champion MVP, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer with the Lakers.
1: Does he have any honorary awards from the Emmys?
2: He won an honorary MVP okay. from the Tonys. <laughs> um, his but, Hamlet on Broadway. It was amazing. It was. It was a, a sight to behold. I believe is what it was called. Um, when he played Sally Bowles in Cabaret. <laughs> well, I, I, you, you. I remember seeing him at the La Mirada Playhouse doing the playing. A, Long day's journey into night. No, no. I saw him in the Miracle Worker. The Miracle.
0: Worker. and his <laughs> was he Annie Sullivan or Helen Keller?
2: Oddly enough, he played both. both. Oh my God, with a puppet. It. See again with the with the hyphen it. Um. So beyond being one of the. You know, 10 best basketball players of all time. Would you say he's on the... No, we don't give We a don't shit do about that it. ever. Don't really? ever do that again. Um, he also runs Magic Johnson Enterprises, um, which a uh, small company only has about $700 million of net worth. It's amazing. Like When you think of athlete who becomes successful after being an athlete, Magic Johnson is just now the... He's, it, it, it's almost synonymous with it. Whenever you talk about like a LeBron James or someone like that who's trying to become an entrepreneur or a business person, a Shaq, for example.
1: I think he benefited from a couple of things. One, just being so personable and having such a big personality. And like he always seemed like, you know, he was a tough competitor, but he's, you know, Mm -hmm. big smile and always seemed like a great guy. And, and, you know, in in spite of the competitiveness. And two, he just had such a great like brand name. Like he had, you know, nobody knows him by his real right. name. I mean, you know, everyone knows him by his real name, but no one calls him by his real name. Mm-hmm. Everyone calls him by his nickname. He's Magic Johnson. Herbert he's like, Magic Johnson. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, leaped to this new level of, like, fame with that name. Like, yeah. it's so weird. It's so weird to think that, like, oh, it's I know you. It's such a and, brand
2: name. Yeah. And I think what's really great about him is it's a brand name that co- connects with the urban universe. He's gone out of his way over the years to try and not just come up with business ventures that are successful for him, but also things that can benefit low-income communities or bring yeah. some sort of something to underserved areas. So he got involved with Starbucks. He basically convinced the CEO that he could open up coffee shops in urban areas, low, what would be thought of as low-income areas, open up about 125 of those, and they did incredible business. Because there was nothing else like that there. Why would you open a Starbucks that's half a mile away from another Starbucks, or possibly inside the restroom of a Starbucks, yeah. when you can open up I mean, when you can open up a Starbucks that doesn't have any competition for yeah. you know miles around? He had a prepaid Mastercard called the uh, Magic Card. Did you have a magic card, Jeff? Uh, no, no. Magic
0: the Gathering? I had a lot of those yeah, cards. <laughs> what I was yeah. looking for. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, I got to go in like 10
2: minutes. <laughs> you
4: gotta, you got a game going, <laughs> yeah. MT, MTG game yeah. going.
2: Um, so he had this, it was a, a prepaid MasterCard, and the whole idea was that it would help low-income people save their money and also give them a chance to be involved in electronic commerce. Oh, okay. So a lot of these things he's done has been aimed at trying to, you know, bring services to underserviced areas yeah. which are predominantly black. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a HIV activist. I've always appreciated the fact that he told uh, George W. Bush to go pound salt Um, after he joined the national commission on AIDS. And they basically left eight months later and basically said that the white house had did nothing that they had suggested, but completely ignoring them and was able to use his, you know, his position and his his fame to be able to sort of get across this idea that the government wasn't doing enough. And then it, there's the team, and then there's the talk show, which the less said about that. Did you guys ever watch the Magic Hour? No, I think the Noid had a talk show too. I was watching that. Everybody had a goddamn talk show in the nineties, didn't they? I think it's. I think what's interesting about this piece was
0: I was watching the Mac tonight, McDonald's. Character
1: talk. I, I probably would have watched that actually. <laughs> What's interesting about the pick? I I think that he is someone who, uh, you know, had HIV forced him to make a life change. Mm-hmm. You know, he obviously came back to basketball and came back to play, and then yeah, that didn't work out. But or coached, and, then, and then he coached, coached for, for a little while. bit, but then at some point he had to kind of look in the mirror. I'm sure and. Uh, realize I've got to. Yeah. I have this opportunity to venture out to something beyond basketball. Mm-hmm. I can be a person to uh to the black community and to uh, lower income communities, and like I have this ability. What can I do with this? It was uh, like I think this is. Uh, I think I have praised a couple of Richard's picks so far, but like, yeah, it feels gross. Ugh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't like well, that. But like, this is something that like he didn't necessarily isn't known for something because he has this deep love for mm-hmm. woodworking or that he's also an inventor or whatever yeah. it's his thing that he was passionate had so much passion for was taken away from him mm-hmm. or like right at the not necessarily the prime of his life but like
2: he still thir- had years left he right. had
1: a, you know 4 5 6 years left i'm sure of mm-hmm. what he was going to do and like who knows what would have been if that ha- hadn't happened he would just play more basketball. Yeah. Like, and maybe he would have done something afterwards, but he would have just been playing basketball. That's mm-hmm.
0: fascinating. I feel like his, um, so Michael Jordan's also a business person and that I feel like he has, I, I have heard less about Michael Jordan's um, uh, citizenship and community involvement and social welfare and social justice activities than, than Magic Johnson. Cause it seems like Michael, Magic Johnson has chosen himself to be uh, an ambassador and um, Michael Jordan, yeah, I don't, perhaps- wa- I
1: don't want to go to like the Kobe Bryant theaters, like, you, like yeah. Michael, but yeah. but the Magic Johnson theaters, you, it, it does have, it does have a more welcoming vibe to it. I,
2: I, I remember going to see it one, a movie there the first time in college, and it was a great experience. I mean, he, he got how to make a good. Like a high level would have been back in the mid '90s, so it wasn't quite the arc light or anything, but it was a a high level uh, movie going experience, yeah. particularly in an area that didn't have anything like that.
0: Or the Larry Bird Beef Jerky Center or Car- Carpet Emporium.
2: Did that actually that's pretty on brand for him. I, yeah, think I guess that's those. actually that, walk all over, man. That's Larry. so
1: interesting that you do. That is a very so, so many athletes' lives end up being. I'm selling used cars. Yeah, or I'm. My name is attached to something in my hometown that I've moved back to, or the small town, or
2: like a restaurant, or like did, even the successful sure. ones, like Ditka's mm-hmm. Restaurant. Or there's a few of those.
1: There's there's something different
2: uh, about yeah him. Well, I think because he he didn't just rely on his name as his as everything. Mm-hmm. He didn't just think, oh well, I'll 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 have a restaurant. but I'll just slap my name on it and it'll be yeah. successful because hey, people love me. He actually went and did the work and made smart investments. Yeah. And then putting his name on it actually just helped his brand as much as anything else.
0: And amazing music videos with Michael Jackson. 100%. <laughs> right. 100%. <laughs> okay. Mr.
1: Winfield. My last pick is a smoker. At, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh,
3: sorry.
1: Uh, daytime talk show host, magazine publisher philanthropist, and 46th president <laughs> of the United States. Mar- Martha Stewart? That's right. Oprah Winfrey. Oh, okay. Oprah Winfrey. Um, Kind of one of the most well-recognized people on earth. Yeah. Definitely one of the most respected. Mm-hmm. Um, She's had a really kind of crazy and all-over-the-place career. I mean, she started as a daytime talk show host in the same vein as like Phil Donahue, yeah came up in Chicago in like ninth and early eighties yeah and kind of started in that kind of not seedy format but it was like yeah. you're on there with a panel of other people, I mean it wasn't like Richard Bay or anything, mm-hmm. but it was like yeah. it, you know not nothing special but her personality drove it mm-hmm, to something mm-hmm. bigger than it was, yeah. and then her show though for Winfrey show went ran until 2011. It kind of morphed and changed into where she became like this tastemaker for the world and for the United States specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, She kind of took that ability and turned it into publishing with her magazine, which I think is ridiculous that it's just called O. Yeah. Every cover has her on it. Yeah. Which is exactly what I would do if I was starting Michael, the magazine. (laughs) No, you'd just be M. M. Just no, to, no, I'm, I'm. Oh, such an egomaniac! I would have my name. I would, Michael. It would be Michael. Michael oh, the magazine. I, no, just Michael. What? What are you guys changing my magazine for? <laughs> it's not M. It's not Michael the magazine. It's Michael. We, we don't. We <laughs> skip the cover and just look at the centerfold. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But she, um, you know, outside of that, she became an actress and was nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, has been in a bunch of different um, acting roles along with her. The stuff that she's done, and has been like an amazing philanthropist, and yeah. like I read something that says up until like two thousand and twelve she's given away like four hundred million dollars of her money to various charities or yeah, opening fair- a school for, for young women in Africa yeah. yeah, and the idea that she could possibly she probably won't be president we're going to be stuck in this hell hole of. Donald Trumpism for another
2: the Civil War will six years yeah that year. yeah. yeah, he'll until he declares martial law about a year before then. uh
1: like the she is totally a person that has the ability of anyone that I think we've talked about on the podcast to also be the president mm-hmm. seems to have I don't know if she has the political chops for it because I think it takes a certain weird ruthlessness but I I mean I don't know who knows of her as yeah. a person or what her all of her views are but like. She seems like someone that could uh uh-huh. definitely take that next level. She does seem point. like she
0: has the same in if she applies the same intuition that she has as a television entrepreneur in de- determining here's this road that I could succeed on but here's where I want to drive the audience to. I want to take them to have a book club. I want to take them I want to introduce them to therapists and people who talk about their health and people talk about their money and 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 she she spun off a dozen other personalities
1: that have all their own shows now. So it's, it's like her book club thing is like, and like the Oprah phenomenon is like wild to think that she could just mention a book and then the sales, like she changes people's lives just because. And I worked
0: at Barnes & Noble ha- during her, her reign and mm. it, you would just say Oprah 1 is here, Oprah 2 is next week and then Oprah, we're gonna have Oprah 5. We got 5,000 of Oprah 6. And That's crazy. Yeah, we weren't talking about Penguin or Putnam or, or <laughs> random house or anything like that. I just think
2: of all the, uh, the hack celebrities that she spawned from her show. Mm. Yeah. My God.
0: The, Dr. Dr. Phil, Phil, Susie
2: Orman. Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz. That's pretty much quali- disqualifying, I think, for a presidential candidate, right there. Any, any <laughs> I love that you guys, are sniping. <laughs>
0: so that's a great choice. That's a great choice. No, it's a good choice. All right, uh, Richard.
2: My last choice, uh, Paul Newman.
0: Wait, what? Okay, am I saying this right? Paul Newman.
2: Paul, I know. I know. I've had a lot of out of left field picks for this. You know, the Martin. Okay. Martin Steve Martin. And, and now okay. Him. Okay. Actor, director, race car driver, race car team owner. Uh, philanthropist, uh, political activist, and most importantly, salad dressing enthusiast. Yes. Uh, Paul Newman could pretty much do it all, and Paul Newman is pretty much the person I would have wanted to be if I could have been someone else from a, in a past life. Let's, I, I, I feel pretty strongly about that. Okay. Um, a great actor, obviously, one of the, one of the great. I, th- I think he, be- I believe he may have not just an honorary Oscar. Mm. Maybe actually one of the real ones. A regular. Yeah, a real. Nom- He's got
1: Oscar regular.
2: No, not Oscar light. <laughs> um,
0: the, the verdict, I think he got his Oscar Uh
2: No, Color Money.
0: Oh, no, let me, it's the Color Money. Note to self-edit out when I said the verdict. <laughs>
2: um, beyond that, he became um, enamored with race car driving when he was uh, filming the movie Winning. And decided to start becoming a uh, competitor, local SCCA, which are the uh, the main governing body for the
0: ASPCA.
2: Yes, he drove he, in that he would circuit. Look out the- of <laughs> He would drive. He would drive <laughs> abused Weimaraners around a track. And no, the SCCA, which is for sports car racing, okay, um, and brought it becoming a national champion in that. Finished second in the uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans. In 1979, did all this as someone who started racing in his 40s, which is just not something anyone does. There's a very good documentary that actually uh, Adam Carolla. Yeah, I've seen it. It's good. Yeah, it's very good. Um, it just talks about the fact that you know if he had started doing this at a younger age, he probably would have been an elite level race car driver. He kind of has,
1: like, that race car body, too, right? He's kind of a shorter guy. Shorter kind of compact. and compact. And yeah. like,
2: I mean, you could just picture him having great eyesight and just the ability to sort well, of... Well, those look, eyes. Exactly. That's what I mean. Are you kidding?
0: Drive a race car. But could he play a race car? <laughs> he did. Oh, shit.
2: He you're He did right. in cars. Thank you. Um, no, I seem dumb. Yeah, well. Silence. Um, he was also a race car team owner, uh, founded the Newman Haas team in IndyCar, won I think, eight championships with him. So always stayed involved with it, wound up uh, winning races up until yeah, he was like he 71. Yeah, but could he salad dressing?
1: He oh, wait, could play salad.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. One day he just got obsessed with salad dressing, as one does. I remember your salad dressing phase, Jeff. T- that was salad tossing. Oh, wait, very, very similar. Um had a, a his next door neighbor uh, who he just started bugging while he was on the on the uh, <laughs> love that. It's like, on the uh, on the set of like the verdict. He would just Paul, call
0: what you want is that Jack Nichols? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I gotta tell you about the salad. So, so, so do you think it needs more chives? Or he would just start calling him up and start bugging him about because I guess his neighbor was an amateur chef so we just start bugging him about salad dressing like what what do you think would make a great salad dressing and what would you need and all this stuff so one day they went over to his farm and decided to brew up a big old batch of a moonshine uh salad dressing i don't know what you would call that it seems like it's moonshining a little bit but Mm -hmm. with ranch homebrew rot gut (laughs) rot guts got rot gut ranch rot gut ranch and they're ready to mix it and it's in a big barrel and they realized they didn't have anything big enough to stir it. So he goes, oh, "No problem, I got this." Goes out to his like lake, gets the paddle from his canoe. Oh my yeah. god! He didn't make his
1: own paddle, too, did he? Oh, <laughs> no, it was, stepping it, right on mine. It, it
2: was Nick Offerman. <laughs> okay, All so right. um, use that to stir it. So oh. if you ever want to know what the secret ingredient of uh, Newman's Own is, it's listeria. Uh, so better than getting the old Evan
0: rude and put, putting that right in that pot. <laughs> right in. This, <laughs> really, really
2: so he wound up. Um, making a batch handing it out to just friends and neighbors that he had that wound up spurring the snowball effect of him deciding that this is something we could sell and we could sell this for uh, with all the profits going to charities and they've made like more than 400 million dollars in profits that have all gone to charity since he started doing the newman's own salad dressings Frozen pizzas, oh. lemonades. You know, basically, I th- I think that I think there's like Newman's own like uh, at this point. Yeah, I feel pretty <laughs> confident <laughs> in.
0: Oh, I'm wearing the underwear right now. No, oh, are you? Mm-hmm. How are they? It's good.
2: Okay, good. You know, he's a political activist. He, yeah. uh When Joe Lieberman switched from a Democrat to to Independent, uh, they contemplated running him against Joe Lieberman in oh. Connecticut for Senator. Um, because they wanted to get him out of there, and he decided not to do it. Eventually, uh, but he's just somebody. I think for me, it's intr- he's intriguing because he's done all he did all these things, and it, none of it seemed calculated. None yeah. of it seemed. I mean, Magic Johnson was entrepreneurial. It was definitely very focused and purposeful. Paul Newman just seems like he fell ass backwards into all this mm-hmm. shit and wound up being like incredibly good at it. Yeah, and I think there's, there's a there's a value in that. Yeah, in of itself, it doesn't seem
0: like the Cool Hand Luke. Sometimes nothing's a pretty strong hand. This kind of luck that he had seemed it, to.
2: You get that sense that yeah. like he, his character, like in Cool Hand Luke, and him in real life, there maybe wasn't a ton of,
0: not much of a plan. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. or it, there wasn't that they the personas were maybe fairly similar, uh-huh. and sort of that's how it played. Us what about I think in is
0: fascinating about that is if you are a celebrity uh, who is very wealthy. You have this inner circle, uh, and, or maybe it includes your family, maybe it includes your best friends, uh, and if you say, hey, I want to breed uh multi-poos, they all say, sure, go ahead. Right. Do whatever you want. And if you cook up some food, they all, you say, how's this taste? They all say, it's great. It's the best salad dressing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> right. So how do you know what the fuck you're good at? Or what you're not really good at. Exactly. Because you got yes men all around you.
2: I don't think he did. I think he seems like somebody who was, you know, surrounded himself with more like kind of normal ish people.
0: Well, does yeah. racing team surround himself with people who are better than he is? and Right. Yeah. You know, I yeah.
2: mean, yeah. And, 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 you know, grease monkeys aren't necessarily going to be the most tactful people in terms of like, I, I, I haven't been around racing people before. They're not going to kiss your ass. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: okay, cool. Okay, cool.
2: Okay, Google. Cool.
0: Hey, Google. Okay, Google. Google, you guys. You show
2: me.
0: Guys, so this has been awesome. It's been fun to discuss, but I gotta open up the bag. All okay. right. Back. Uh you know, in a recent episode we talked about album covers. We talked about uh distinctive album covers that we thought were unusual or compelling. And there's a couple album covers that are in rotation my uh um Spotify. Um one is I'm a big Steely Dan fan and the cover of Asia. I always thought it was really interesting. And I'm also a fan of America. And there's an album that they have that has a portrait of the band on there. Poco. There's a couple album covers from Poco that I really enjoy. Um, there's a Crosby, Stills, and Nash album cover that has a kind of a Gaelic treatment of their initials kind of intertwined with each other. All those were created by, yes, you knew it, Phil Hartman. Prior to being a comedian,
2: wait, Phil Hartman did, did Asia? I didn't know that one. Yeah, that one I did not know. Yeah, I knew the the America one.
0: Unless this is bullshit, um, I believe he did Asia or his
2: agency did Asia, but it says Phil Hartman did Asia. Well, oh, it's probably that's probably yeah. true then. So, uh, did re- you see? Wait, did you find it on the internet? This the internet. Yep. Is that where? You, okay, then it's true. Then it's true okay, for,
0: for sure. sure. Um, I have. Uh, I was a huge Phil Hartman fan, I was always amazed at his skill, how much he was able to. Uh, um tickle my funny bone and play different characters and like steve martin kind of do a one-off of your typical and kind of entertainer type performance performer often he made fun of blowhards and people who were full of themselves so that is my borglum
2: bag yeah, choice but, but how is the salad dressing jeff tart a little tart a little, tart a little, a little too much yogurt you too much yogurt yeah yeah Okay, so it, let me evaluate
0: the choices. what I thought was interesting. Uh, Michael, I felt like yours were definitely about identity. Uh, the Joker and Steve Miller, notwithstanding all of those things that he was. Um, I thought it was really interesting because a lot of it was inward is about who they were uh, publicly and kind of who they were privately or not wanting to be labeled as one an artist versus a scientist versus a botanist versus a biologist like Leonardo. Um, and Oprah Winfrey, I think, like somebody like Walt Disney, has this identity that they show to the world, and then this identity that probably is their true thing that happens off offstage. <clears throat> um, Richard, I thought it was really interesting how you kind of, most of your choices seem to be entrepreneurial. Uh, these people either have businesses or created business, uh, many of them were inventing things. Uh, not Steve Martin. But Magic or Johnson and Paul Newman and Hedy Lamar were kind of inventing business models or inventions or things like that. So I thought that was cool. These are the things I would like to choose. I would like to choose because I find it so compelling. Leonardo da Vinci. Was probably he's the first person uh, in the history to have done so many amazing things he, that we can remember.
2: He's the Leonardo da Vinci. He of is the Leonardo,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh and let me make sure we're still rolling. And I would also like to choose so that is up on the Mount Rushmore. I would I'm gonna say that's in the Washington spot. And the rest goes to Manfredi. The rest goes to Manfredi. That being Hetty Lamar. That's Hedley. <laughs> that being Paul Newman. And that being Irwin. Magic Johnson? Er, er, yeah. Irvin. Irvin. <laughs> Irvin Magic Johnson. Claudell, Magic Johnson. <laughs> and that, is, that has been the Mount Rushmore Podcast. As always, my name is Jeff, and I'm also a puppeteer. Uh,
2: my name is Richard, and I am also a mime. I'm Michael. I don't
1: going on here. here right Nonsensical game.